Hey, welcome on in to another edition of Lunch with Klaibs and Joe here on ClaibsOnline.com. You're watching on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and you're also uh, seeing that we are presented by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Amron, Illinois, and the Home Loan Expert. We uh, we were supposed to be at Munganass Alton Toyota, but as you can see, I got the backdrop, uh, backdrop behind me, and Klaibs, it looks like you're in a hotel room in much warmer weather than I am uh, right now. Well, yes, you're right on both counts. It is warmer, and I am in a hotel room in Miami. Cardinals in the Miami Marlins tonight, and uh, this will be the first of three against the Marlins, a team who we just saw, what, about 10 days ago? Yeah, and but you know what? It's a it's a completely different team, much like the Cardinals yeah. are are a different team. Uh, with uh, with, with you know the way spring training rolls around, I know the two organizations kind of probably handle their business a little different. But this is a Marlins team that you talked about during your time at spring training is one that could surprise people out of that NL East, uh, grabbing one of those extra wild card spots that we have now in baseball. Well, you know, one of the things about them is the fact I really I really like their pitching. Now, the, the challenge is none of these guys have gone a full season w- with any real success. I mean, they've got the arms. I think they're getting experience, but they don't have the length. So they're going to rely on quite a few people within their organization to try and get them through the season. But, man, if they can stay healthy uh, the way they can pitch, uh, they swing the bat reasonably well defensively. they got a couple of holes. Uh, I don't think they really have a center fielder. But other than that, I think this is a team that, you know, might decide on who else doesn't participate in postseason. They are uh, they're starting a lefty tonight. And then tomorrow, the Cardinals will see Sandy Alcantara with Pablo Lopez going on the uh, for the game on Thursday. You, you mentioned this lineup. So Jorge Soler at the uh, at the top there for them. We saw him in the World Series last year and what he was able to do. And the, the fact that he ended up in Miami, I think, was a, a bit of a surprise maybe with how much of a uh, how many options there probably were for him out there. But the uh, the, the big I would say the one of the maybe up and coming stars who we haven't seen so much. The the guy that's really electric for them is Jazz Chisholm, who just hasn't really gotten things going just uh, just yet. Yeah, a little bit of a sophomore slump. I didn't think he was as good in the spring as we saw him last year. So maybe he's just dealing with teams that now have adjusted to him and he's trying to figure out what the next adjustment should be for him. Swings with a little bit more power than I think some people would think. Uh, and it's pretty good around the bag. But, uh, you know, as you mentioned, he got off to a little bit of a slow start. But, man, there's a whole lot of baseball in front of him. So we'll see what happens. And I hope he really is good after this weekend. It's just, you know, for guys like that, you mentioned the sophomore slump for somebody like him. And you just look around all of baseball. And even, you know, it just it's so many cases. This still, we, we have yeah. not seen a regular regular season a regular season of baseball since 2019 it's 2022 you had the pandemic you had spring training stopped and the season paused for so long in 2020 then you had last year with all of the restrictions in place and yet somehow played 162 games and then this year with the lockout all of you know players like that and even players with the cardinals it's not just you know jack flaherty shows up injured and was never able to get, you know, have a full offseason. And you look around baseball, every team has a story like that for how the past three years now have affected their teams and not really sure what you have on the field, especially this, you know, early in April. Well, you know, your, your point is a good one um, because we're dealing with a lot of guys 
who haven't played more than a full season in their career. And when you think about how you struggle and you battle and you do all those things, you know, you don't want your body to get used to playing 65, maybe 120 games. You know, you want to try and fight through it. And if you're a pitcher, you know, is the new norm 180 innings, 200 compared to not long ago where if a guy threw 225, he was considered a pretty good pitcher. Uh, the, the adjustments have continued to change. And I, I just really look at a lot of these teams and players that are really still trying to figure out who they are and what they are. The uh, the Cardinals dealing with that right now with the health of Yadier Molina, who we have, we, we saw him on opening day. We, we saw him a little bit in that first series, but then in Milwaukee, outside of the Wainwright start, it was Andrew Kisner the the rest of the week. And I, I think tonight, Adam Wainwright's on the mound. I, I don't it, Yachty will have to be on the IL in order to not start a an Adam Wainwright start this uh, this season. I would agree with you. I, I agree, Joe. And, and you know what? I think we might start to see. He may have the days off uh, before and after Waino pitches. And then he'll pitch, he'll catch those other two days or three days out of the week because the confidence that they started to have in Andrew Kisner is one where they feel like he can take on the load. Now the challenge, and this is a guy I'm talking about who hasn't played a full season. And, you know, in Kisner's case, if he gets 50 games, it's a hell of a season for him. So I think he's going to see more action. And I think they're going to be very careful with Yachty, especially, um, you know, I didn't think he came into the camp in the best of shape. And he's trying to play himself into it, and it's going to take some time. As uh, as you're down there, I know you just got down this morning, so not not around the team, and probably not uh, not too in tune with things going on yet. Have the Cardinals uh, settled on who is starting for them the rest of the week and what that no. rotation looks like? First question I have for Oliver Marmel this week, um, today, when I have a chance to visit with them, what do we look like pitching-wise? You know, they, they want to get Hicks a legitimate start. I think that's something we have to take into account. So how do you do that, you know, when he pitched on Saturday? So, you know, you have to wonder how you're going to weave him into this because you're going to need him at some point, and you're going to have to really start to stretch out some of those other starters, Wayno being one of them. Um, Steven Matz was solid. Michaelis was solid. Dakota Hudson got off to a rocky start. So you hope that he's going to have a chance to get a little bit more length in his next start also. And then there's a Jordan Hicks slash fifth starter situation that I think they've got to take a long, hard look at and make sure the guys they run out there can give them at least three to four to start the game off. It has been fun to watch Jordan Hicks pitch in his two bullpen now, or his two outings out of the bullpen this year. He is he has looked electric in two innings, which in the past it's been just one inning, go out there, either close it down or get the hold. But now that they're giving him two innings to show that he's able to go back out there and do the same thing is has been really fun to watch. And I'm I can't wait to see it in a starter role. I'm looking forward to it like you. Um, I'm looking at probably Thursday, maybe Friday, is when they'll run him back out there as far as a start. But you don't want to throw off the other guys in the rotation either. So uh, with the off day, they, they kind of take it as if it's not an off day as far as how the rotation is set. So it, it should be fun to watch. And, and I agree with you. Uh, with each time, it's two. I think it's going to be three. And I think he liked to get to four innings. But it really depends on the stress level and how long he's out there and what his pitch count looks like. So there are a lot of things that are still in work in progress that we'll have to wait and see. 
I'm looking ahead right now, and I would love to see somehow. I don't think it's going to line up this way. Hunter Green but, and Jordan Hicks yes. in the same game? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you're not the first person that looked at the calendar and said, okay, if this happens and that happens, could we collide? Uh, I, I just tell you, if that happens, you better swing early. At some point, I mean, at some point in their careers, I mean, it's got to happen. I don't know if you if you saw the stat the other day, Hunter Green, thirty nine pitches, a hundred miles an hour or uh, or above in his start the other day. What is and that that ended up being that's the the most of all time. Second was Jacob Degrom. Third on that list for most hundred mile an hour pitches or above was Jordan Hicks. Well, here's a question for you though: How many of them were strikes? That that's what we haven't heard a lot about. Uh, you know, I can throw hundred. Well, no, I can't. <laughs> but there are a lot of guys who can throw it, but yeah. they don't throw it for strikes. If and you're throwing that many, though, purpose. yeah. If you're throwing that many pitches, it tells me you've been out there for a while. Yeah. If you're throwing it that many times, the the mo- the the fascinating thing about that, Hunter Green is a starting pitcher has always been a starting pitcher, will be a starting pitcher for the rest of his career, you would imagine. Jacob deGrom, also a starting pitcher and has been his entire career. Jordan Hicks, his 29 pitches of 100 miles an hour or more came in two innings. That was in two innings of relief against the Rangers back in 2019 Uh, to be able to have to go up there because you're going up there against Hunter Green. I mean, he's got an arsenal of pitches to go up against, but knowing that you have to go and you have to see 101 every single pitch that Jordan Hicks is throwing. It's it's not easy to stand up there and and see that 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 many times. Well, yes and no. When I look at that. The more these big league hitters see a guy with that velocity and see what sort of movement it has, I think eventually they catch up to him. Um, Chapman is a good example. There were certain guys who could square him up. Uh, Jose Martinez was one of who could square up Chapman at 100 plus because if he saw him enough, he could adjust. And the dead red fastball hitters will adjust. They just want to see what kind of movement, be able to pick it out of their pick it up out of their hand. Don't necessarily have to get started early and don't have to swing that hard. But you know, because the ball will do all the work for you. But um, I, I really feel like with Hicks, he's not a swing and miss guy. He, he's a guy that pitches more to contact, and with the other two pitches he throws he could be the most effective because most people will tell you Hunter Green still has some work to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's young, but I also look at this. Jordan Hicks is, is 25 years old. All right. And he's had two years on the shelf. So he's got a whole lot of arm left in him at a very young age, in my opinion. So I think of all those guys that we just talked about, he may have the most upside because he had Tommy John. He's gone through the, uh, the, the forearm issues and the elbow issues. Uh, and now he's learning how to strengthen and lengthen himself. He, he could be the most exciting guy of that group. The uh, we, We've talked a lot about the pitching so far early in the show today. Uh, let's talk about the bats. Nolan Arnato was named the player of the week after the first weekend against the Pirates and has continued to hit the ball hard. It just, just watching the game on TV and hearing the sound of the ball coming off of his bat, it's, it's a boom that you are you are hearing he just seems so locked in even on foul balls that he's hitting so far the one thing that i've noticed uh is that he's bending his knees a little bit more and he's staying down on the ball when he's erect and he's upright 
he's just using all upper body and he gets out in front on pitches a little too much. Now he's got a little bit more of a crouch. He's bending his knees when he turns. That means he's staying down on it. He's keeping his head down on it just a little while longer. And I think I even told you this last year, first year I saw him, I always watch how he would virtually, it was like Pete Rose used to be. Pete Rose basically looked the ball almost into the catcher's glove. And Arenado's doing that. But now instead of him looking at all the way in the catcher's glove, he's looking at it about right here. And and he's just letting it get a little closer, and then he lets it get just a little closer in his, in his swing, where he hits it late in his swing, and that's where he's been effective so far. Yeah, he uh, he he has been uh, just on fire right now. Paul Goldschmidt, kind of the opposite though, but we we know that it's when early. the weather, yeah, I'm not even yeah, worried it, about it. Now. When it gets warm, hey, maybe being down in Miami the uh, this early in the season, maybe the warm weather down there will get him started. Well, he lit up Florida when he was here a couple of weeks ago, so maybe that might be the jump start he needs. And it's supposed to be warm in Cincinnati this weekend, also. Well, good. It, it needs to be warm somewhere because it's it's, it's not, not warm in St. St. Louis. No, it's not. No, it, it's not. Cardinals will be back in St. Louis next week. Uh, three against the Mets and then four against the Diamondbacks. Hey, check out our Facebook page later on today. Uh, see how you can get uh, tickets to one of the games during that uh, during that series here from Klabe's online. Um, I, I was going to, I know we got a shorter show today than usual, but uh, keep an eye on what Nolan Gorman's doing down in Memphis. He's off to a very hot start as well, uh, but no, no need for him up on the big league club just yet. So no. just keep that bat nice and warm down in Memphis. Other baseball stuff to talk about, Klabe's. I, I wanted to start the show with it, but we just got right into the season the Cardinals season, we uh, we had a pretty big announcement yesterday for a uh, for a new project that that we're working on. Huge announcement! Uh, Joe West, longtime Major League umpire who holds a record for most games umpired, five thousand four hundred and sixty, will be on a podcast with me, and you're going to be working with us as well. And uh, we're going to drop this in early May, and we're going to have some pretty good guests and just hear some of the stories that Joe in his forty three plus years of umpiring will have for us and I, I'm really looking forward to this project. One of the uh one of the best storytellers that I have ever met and the uh the interactions that I have had with him so far as we have been planning on this every everything that come I mean for a guy that saw over five thousand baseball games and the amount of people that he has interacted with over his life, the man has a story for everything. And we have a uh we, we have nothing but time on a uh, on a podcast to tell all of them. We're going to turn it loose and have some fun. You know, I, I really look at um, if you if people could only hear the stories you and I have heard from him in just a phone conversation, that's <laughs> worth the podcast in its own right. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> we we need to be really just have that record button just ready to uh, <laughs> ready to press at all times. Uh, we both tweeted out about it yesterday, so you can check out all the details. You can read the press release on social media and see all of the details on fifty four sixty the Joe West podcast with Mike Claiborne set to drop in early May. And it's not a it's not a Claibs Online project. It is a uh, podcast. Heat is the company that we're working with. For that, who will be distributing it out? Um, we will. We'll let you know when the uh, the first when episode zero comes out there, and where when you could start subscribing. And we'll to have it some excerpts on the, from uh, it as well. So yeah. we'll have some here as well. Yeah. So we will. Uh, we will have that along with all the information on that coming up here very soon. This is lunch with Claves and Joe here on ClavesOnline.com. We are driven by Munganath's uh, St. Louis Acura. 
Amron, Illinois, and also the Home Loan Experts. It's the uh, the Gillespie's. I'm with the Home Loan Experts, James and Jason Gillespie, their father and son combination. James, you guys not only do great work with mortgages, you also do great work in the community. That is correct, Mike. We have several programs for the community where we're out helping the community as well. Isn't that right, Jason? You're right, Dad. We are doing a ton of work in the community, but we're also doing a ton of work helping home buyers refinance and buy homes. All you have to do is give us a call. Hey, I mentioned that uh, series coming up here in St. Louis, May 1st. The uh, Cardinals on Sunday will host the Diamondbacks on that day. 10,000 kids ages 15 and younger entering with a ticket will take home their own Cardinal Fleece Blanket, thanks to the Pasta House Company. So make sure to get your tickets today, cardinals.com slash promotions for that uh, for that deal. We will be back with more Lunch with Klaibs and Joe right after this. broke ground for a 2.5 megawatt solar facility. Uh, it's located in East St. Louis on 17 acres of property. It is the first time a utility has built a energy generating uh, plant in Illinois in the last 30 years. You talk about a clean energy facility, give everybody an idea of what exactly that means. Solar panels will collect the energy from the, from the sun. There'll be three thousand of these solar panels, eight foot by eight foot. Those panels will then convert the sunlight and that will be converted to electricity that can then go out on the power lines that comes to your homes. Back here, lunch with Claves and Joe, powered by Amarin, Illinois, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, and sponsored by the HomeLoanExpert.com. Lots of hoops news to get to on the show today. Let's start locally. Uh, breaking news yesterday, big news yesterday for the SLU Billikens program, as Yuri Collins, who had hired an agent to kind of get his assessment of where he would be with the uh, NBA draft, suddenly announces yesterday that he is going to enter the transfer portal and leave the uh, the Billikens after a very successful season last year kind of came as a uh, as a shock to many here in St. Louis. It, it was a shock, uh, but here here's a goofy thing about this. I, I was out Friday night, and somebody whispered in my ear that this was going to happen. I ran into somebody that next day. Uh, associated who had a pretty good knowledge of the program in St. Louis U that his name wasn't Bob Ramsey. And they kind of roll their eyes like, how'd you hear about that? And so then the next thing we know, he he announces. So let, let's let's start at how this thing, and there's enough blame to go around for everybody. So let's start with Yuri Collins, who is a good player, but he isn't the guy that maybe some people think and I thought it was maybe a little disingenuous on him to start a clothing line and announce the clothing line and everybody was going to the site and buying up stuff. And then the next day he says, oh, yeah, I'm leaving. So I, I don't understand the timing of that. Throw in the fact that I get that maybe this is an opportunity for him to make money. Uh, the word around the campfires that Tennessee is going to find about 200 grand in name and likeness opportunities for him. So. I look at him as being a guy that, you know, maybe the timing could have been better. Now, the other side of this coin is St. Louis U wants to be big time. 
how is it that they don't have anybody who's involved officially in name and likeness opportunities for, for, for the basketball program? There's no excuse to that. I mean, if you think you're a top 30 team or a top 30, 30 program, you have to get out in front on this. You're already seeing too many schools where guys are going to the portal for a lot of different reasons. But now we're seeing they're being enticed more by name and likeness opportunities. And for you not to have somebody on campus or be associated with anybody, I think is really unfortunate that you've missed the boat and you've lost a good player. Now, the question is, how good of a player is he? Hey, he led the country in assists. And he was also a guy who was a turnover machine as well. And that comes with having the ball in your hands as much as he did. So that that's kind of a wash to me. But the problem with St. Louis U is they don't have another legitimate point guard on the roster as we speak. How do you let that happen? And I know some people will say, well, you know, nobody wants to go there with Yuri there because they know he's going to play a lot. Yeah, but you mean to tell me you can't find a kid that maybe is a, a freshman or a transfer who's got time that knows that Yuri's going to be gone after this year where he can really weave himself into the system and maybe run the show for the next two to three years? That, that's not an excuse to me. The final thing is I am really uh, – with fans are fans, okay? For all the people who thought Yuri w- was all that, it's amazing how bad of a player he is now that he's decided to leave St. Louis U. <laughs> you know, oh, he's a, he, he turns it over too much. He's this, he's that. He, you wait, Just wait until he finds – he plays up against better schools. All the things that makes Yuri Collins a bad guy in their eyes just because he doesn't play for St. Louis U. So my question to those fans would be, if Yuri changed his mind and came back, would you take him? You're damn right you would because you don't have anybody else. And, and finally, when you look at the, the biggest picture here, if this isn't a message to all those so-called boosters and alums who want to say we're big time and we're this and we're that with all this so-called money, that was your chance. That was your chance to truly get involved and you didn't. I blame the administration for not being more vigilant about this because they knew it was out there. They've seen other kids move. You don't think it could happen to your players? Well, that means you don't think your players are that good. So it's a group effort on why this unfolded. The question now is, uh, Joe, who else is going to leave? You have to remember, there are three guys who came to St. Louis U and stayed at St. Louis U only because of Yuri Collins. So now that he's gone, do you have to start over and recruiting and keeping those guys? And if you walked in Travis Ford's office today and asked him the question, Coach, who's going to get us the ball this year? He doesn't have an answer because he doesn't have a guy with any experience on his roster as we speak. So this is a critical stage for St. Louis U, and it really goes back uh, 37 years, I think, when they didn't do anything to keep get Craig Upchurch into the program. Craig Upchurch was the biggest difference maker that St. Louis U had, and they had the kid right here in his own backyard. There were some great issues that they could have worked around. They elected not to. Craig Upchurch went on and played at Houston, had a good career there, went overseas and played well, but he would have been the ultimate difference maker in the program. 37 years later, we're dealing with the same stuff. The uh, another wake up call through all this has to Mizzou has to realize what teams in the SEC are doing. You mentioned what the uh, what the rumors are, Tennessee and the two hundred thousand dollars. You look at what Arkansas is doing, putting together the uh, NIL money for for some players there. And you look at what's happening in the SEC uh, with all these teams. Mizzou needs to realize that if you know they're already seen as a, you know, just kind of a, a right. Kid, they're right to be brother. picked. 
yeah, yeah they, they, i mean they're already there is kind of the the whipping boy in the, in the sec mm-hmm. in basketball and in football they need to realize hey these are what these other schools are doing in the sec we need to pick up what we're doing too if we want to keep up with them i agree with you and i i i don't think there's an excuse on why major division one program doesn't have a staff of people who are directly assigned to securing name and likeness opportunities and use that also as a recruiting enticement. Uh, if you don't have one, then you you don't plan on winning and you don't plan on getting good players. Because if I'm a recruit, that's the first thing. If I'm a so-called four or five-star recruit and you don't have a, a plan for me already, I'm probably going to move on. The uh, a few of the, the these recruits that we've seen though, these are eighteen year old kids that are getting a million dollars to go play college football. That that's ridiculous. That there is somebody out there giving them that kind of money, unproven, right out of high school for that. Another thing too is I was looking. I I, I went to uh, as you were talking. I went to Stu Durando's Twitter account just to see because I wanted to get the details, uh, the true details of it. Because SLU today announced they're launching the Billiken Exchange which is a uh, portal that will let local businesses, donors, and alumni make connections with athletes for name, image, and likeness deals, which, yeah, it, it's, it looks bad being announced today after you lose Yuri Collins, but this was something they didn't come up with, you know, 15 minutes after Yuri Collins announced he was leaving. This is something that they had been working on. But as I'm scrolling through there, I see Jordan Nesbitt has, uh, has transferred to Hampton to go play there. And this is something I'm seeing way too much from these kids too, saying they're hundred percent committed. Let's stop with that. Let's stop as, as student athletes. Let's stop saying we're hundred percent committed somewhere where you're going to end up at three different universities in your four or five years of eligibility. Maybe, maybe not use the hundred percent. Well, but uh, coaches say it all the time. So what's I, the difference? I, I may both, both need to stop it because well, yeah, if, I agree. You know, yeah. it, it's just, it, it just makes you sound ridiculous. Well, but you know what? They don't care. You mentioned something about 18-year-old kids getting a million bucks. This is what the NBA was about before they had the one-year, one-and-done one and rule, mm-hmm. where they were getting kids. Now, not as many. And I don't know how many 18-year-olds are going to get a million bucks. I think that's for rarefied air, okay? These are the ones that uh, are, are really impact-driven athletes. Um, and, and I was, I was telling – I've, I've said this to you before. I think Eli Drinkwitz is going to have an issue here because if he doesn't produce with regard to name and likeness, and I know they've gotten off to a good start with Demetrius Johnson involved, but if they don't produce name and likeness and wins on the field, he'll be there two years. And mm-hmm. in the third year, he'll be at Alabama like Jamison Williams, play there for one year, be part of a national championship, he would hope, and then he's off to the NFL. I, I look at the same thing with college basketball where once guys start to put a little money in their pocket, they can do one of two things. That's going to enhance their desire to go to the NBA or that's going to give them the security where they can continue to hone their skills. So when the NBA does come calling, they won't be a second round draft choice. So uh, speaking of the NBA, the uh, postseason is underway. Saw those games start up this past weekend and into last night. Um, first of all, I, I'm just going to say I'm going to pat myself on the back because Trey Young just went off in um, in those those play-in games to put the put the uh, Hawks in the playoffs. There you see the uh, the current playoff. Uh, 
bracket uh, right now, even though the Hawks lost that first game, still in there as the eight seed. The Mavericks win a game last night over the uh, over the Jazz, and what was the other? The, uh, oh, the Warriors over the uh, over the Nuggets last night. What are your thoughts so far on what you've seen in the uh, in the playoffs? Well, I ran. I Trey Young is staying in the same hotel I'm staying in, and I happened to walk in as they were going to shoot around. I was amazed at how small he is. Okay, he's just a wirely built guy. Um, I was amazed, and the pounding that he takes is something I don't know if he could hold up through an entire uh, four-round series. I'm of the belief that the series doesn't start until you win in the other guy's building. I really feel that way, and I think the NBA proves that more than anybody. Uh, I'm not really surprised with what I've seen so far. I really thought Toronto could get Philly at least once in Philadelphia. Uh, Joel Embiid decided that's not going to be the case. But now that they won't have the one player who won't be able to travel to Toronto, that, that's going to be a game changer for them because James Harden doesn't appear to be in good shape physically. So that that's a little bit of a, a, a head scratcher of a series. Uh, the other ones, it's early. Um, I guess if you want to look at one, the Denver, I'm sorry, the, uh, the uh, Dallas-Utah series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Utah's a little thin bench-wise, and Dallas without Luka is is surprising some people. So I'm going to tip my cap to how prepared they are and what Jason Kidd was able to do because they do guard. Uh, so that's been a little bit of a surprise. The Golden State-Denver uh, one, you know, that thing could be over with quick if Denver doesn't watch out uh, because Golden State's got everybody clicking right now, and they, they could be a team that you better pay attention to. Uh, as they get deeper into it. I don't think Arizona's going to have – Phoenix is going to have a big problem with uh, with uh, Pelicans. Pelicans. I'll tell you the other series that you better watch out for. This Minnesota bunch, they, they're not fooling around, man. I mean, they got just enough experience. They have just enough size. We're starting to see why Anthony Edwards was the first pick overall a couple of years ago. Uh, that series can go seven. That could easily go seven. Yeah, that uh, I think that was one of the bigger shocks of the uh, of the first uh, opening games was the Timberwolves stealing a victory down there in Memphis and kind of put Memphis on notice for yeah. as much as was talked about them having a chance in the West. I, I think losing that first game, losing that first game at home, made people kind of take a step back and go, okay, maybe they are here a year early. Maybe yeah, maybe- but you know, I, I really look at what Minnesota has. Minnesota is going to goon it up, all right? Uh, there's no other way to put it. And I don't know if Memphis has dealt with something like that uh, for a seven-game series, you know, where you have guys that literally are going to goon it up. Uh, it starts with Patrick Beverly. Cat uh, inside can play inside, and he and Steven Adams are going to be a battle. Uh, I think Edwards and uh, Morant cancel each other out. So you're going to have to look for some other guys to really be difference makers on both teams. Uh, and the other series that we really didn't talk a great deal about, uh, this this uh, New Jersey-Boston series will be a battle also. I mean, those are two teams that, that are well-coached, uh, two teams that really have some incredible talent. Uh, and if they get Williams back for Boston, that's going to be a problem for, for uh, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. By the the uh, you you met the one guy on the Sixers that uh, that can't go up to Toronto. You saw that too, uh, Red Sox with a pitcher that's not going to be able to be, pitch up in uh, up in Toronto this week either due to the uh, vaccination laws 
up there in in that country. So that uh, speaking of laws, and I don't know if you can call it a law. I got on a plane today. And I was going to ask about that. Yeah, and I would say seventy five percent of the people that were in the airport and on the plane didn't wear a mask. I mean, I was taken by it. Uh, some of the flight attendants wore, others didn't. Uh, it was different. It was quite different. Uh, I only had one problem. I was sitting next to a guy at 530 in the morning who was visually impaired, who was talking so loud to the guy sitting next to him. Nobody slept on that flight. They could hear us from the ground. That's how loud he was. 37,000 feet up. And somebody in Nashville heard us talking this morning. <laughs> Yeah, there's no reason you 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 book a flight before 7 a.m. You're doing that to sleep. Mm-hmm. That's well, none of us got any. Yeah. Hey, we need to take our final break. When we come back. We'll talk about one of the hottest teams in all the sports, the St. Louis Blues, right here on lunch with Claves and Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, powered by Ameren Illinois, and sponsored by the Home Loan Experts. Third baseman Nolan Back with a vengeance, back on the grinds, back to the business. Hey, God is my witness, they watching my moves, I shows they binging. Hey, best keep distance, all of my haters and best of wishes. I get to the bag with the quickness, no, I don't need no assistance. On Saturday, April 30th, 25,000 fans, 16 and older, will receive a Nolan Arenado bobblehead. Thanks to Perina. For more information, head to cardinals.com slash promotions. Hey, one of our other sponsors, Poffit K9 Claves. You've been back home with your uh, with your pups. What can you tell us about all of the work that they've done with them at Poffit K9? Well, they've done a great job working with my pups. As a matter of fact, I was scheduled to go out and visit with them this week. Obviously, some things change. There's Maya, there's Ellie, and uh, but we'll be out there next week going through a little refresher course. But I, I'm really happy with what they've been able to do. Uh, from a discipline standpoint, they got a few tricks working for them. Uh, they just seem like they're more confident in how they conduct themselves, potty training, the whole nine yards. Uh, it was a really good investment for me and my two dogs, and I would wholeheartedly recommend anybody else who's thinking about it, don't know if they have the time, let these guys take it for you and let them carry it and let them train your dog to a point where when you get them back, you'll be like, that's my family there. They're just like part of the family. Hey, back in 30 seconds to wrap things up here on Lunch with Claves and Joe. At St. Louis Acura, we have over 330 pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models. And all of them are covered by our St. Louis Acura Promise and backed by our Better Business Bureau A-plus rating and 30 years in business. We also service all makes and models of vehicles, including glass and bumper repair, paint touch-ups, and full mechanical services from one of our 24 technicians. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you, no matter what vehicle drives you. Back here at lunch with Claves and Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, powered by Ameren, Illinois, and sponsored by the HomeLoanExpert.com. Claves, I mentioned before we went to the break, name me a hotter team in all of sports than the, uh, the St. Louis Blues in the month of April. Man, it sure is a difference from the month of March, isn't it? Right. I mean, they didn't know where they were going in the month of March, but they really turned it on. They've taken advantage of the schedule. Let's let's be clear on that. They've taken advantage and beat up some really bad teams. And I think I like that. Instead of eking one out, they served notice to some teams that they are the St. Louis Blues and you're not. Uh, they're getting scoring from all four lines. Defense really seems like they're playing well. Nick Letty should be back in the lineup tonight. Um, but I really have one concern. The, the series – 
the games they played against Minnesota have been very competitive, very tough, and the Blues have been able to win out. But, man, you know, the way Minnesota leans on you and the way they like to play the body, they're not scared to drop the gloves. they got a, a Hall of Fame goaltender now. They could be a handful for St. Louis if St. Louis doesn't get off early and doesn't – if they can get Minnesota to take a bad penalty, and that's where the Blues have cashed in teams – they could be really dangerous. Now, when the playoffs roll around, you face a Minnesota, everybody scales it back just a notch where they don't want to get a bad penalty, especially in the first round because the officiating is a little dicey. So if they can find a way to be a little bit more complete, they've got a good chance to to give Colorado a run for their money. Right now, Colorado and Florida, in my opinion, are two of the most complete teams, teams in the National Hockey League, and we'll see them hopefully down the road. But I, I think this year, Joe, that the playoffs will be as spirited as we've seen in years because the eighth-place team is good enough to win the Stanley Cup. And I don't think you see that in other sports where the last ones that get in are capable of winning the whole thing. It just tells you what kind of balance you have in this sport. Yeah, the uh, the Blues right now, nine in a row, nine wins in a row. They're uh, playing Boston tonight. That First game. time Boston's been back since, what, 2019, game six? Yeah, that uh, would have been the case for uh, for that. The Blues, look at this. Recently, the uh, the Blues, what they have done the last few uh, the last few games. You you saw over the weekend the eight goals against Nashville, six against Minnesota, six against Buffalo, six against the Islanders. Uh, it's just uh, it has just been a scoring frenzy for this team. After uh, you mentioned, I mean, what we saw for almost all of March just it was it was bad <laughs> it was real bad in uh in march and they they somehow just flipped the switch at the end of uh that month have you ever seen a sport that can be so hot and so cold a team in hockey and, and i'll give you a good example you know you remember when the blues beat minnesota in the uh, winter classic and everybody oh minnesota's terrible i don't know how they're gonna do anything to the point where this guy over TNT started ripping Minnesota. They won, I think, what, eight or nine out of their last ten after that game against the Blues? I mean, the the pendulum sways west and east so much that uh, you just never know what kind of team you're going to get for that particular month. Yeah, Blues right now one game uh, or one point ahead of Minnesota. They also do have one game in hand, uh, one point behind uh, the Flames for the second best record in the uh, in the West. Again tonight, it's amazing taking on Boston tonight at Enterprise uh, before I believe they head back on the road. Following, they go west uh, on that. Yeah, um, West San Florida. Jose. Yeah, they'll be in San Jose, and I believe I forgot where else they go. But uh, this last few games of the regular season should be quite interesting because you don't want to rest guys because you still want to have a good placement. Um, and I know some teams want to avoid certain teams early in the playoffs. I just think get in because if you're going to win this, you're going to have to beat a good team at least once along the way. So yeah. uh, let's just see what happens. Six games left, so it's Boston at home tonight. Then they are at San Jose, at Arizona, at Anaheim, at Colorado before they end the season back at Enterprise against Vegas. So that's uh, that's all they have left to go on the season before the playoffs get started. Man, what happens if Vegas doesn't get in? When you think about all the moves that they made in the last couple, three years, Petrangelo, they trade for uh, the kid from Buffalo who hasn't done very much. Mark Stone's been hurt a lot. They let uh, Flurry go. 
they got some real issues. If they don't get in, they might open up the door and clean house. It's, which I mean, they they haven't been around long enough to where you think they need a <laughs> house cleaning. But it's it's crazy to think that. Klebs, you are down in Miami. You will be on the call tonight for the game uh, on KMOX with Rick Horton. As you mentioned, you're uh, you're 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 going to get us that information on the Cardinals rotation as soon as you see Ali Marmol. And he will be one of my pregame show guests, and we'll roll that question out to him then. So everybody just tune in to Cardinal Baseball tonight, uh, no matter what your radio network might be, including KMOX in St. Louis, and we'll all find out together. Who does the, who does the games down there for the Marlins now? <sighs> Boy, they, they change over the TV side. Rod Allen is now with them. Uh, they, they've got a half a dozen guys, man. They do radio and TV. It used to be a former uh, Cardinal, right? It used to be, uh, was it, was Preston Wilson doing it down there? Yeah, for he's, for he's out. He's okay. out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's out. Uh, but they've got a whole different collection of guys. And Dave Van Horn's no longer here. He retired. And uh, so uh, they didn't do many games in, in spring training. So it'll be interesting to see who'll be on the call tonight. Well, you will be on the call on KMOX is where you can listen to that uh, 540 start time here in St. Louis, 640 start time for you down in Miami. We have a lot to uh, get to this week. We're hoping to get that first Katie Wu podcast out this uh, this week as well. Uh, Rammer and I have daily cards live each and every day. We'll be doing that later this afternoon after the lineups come out. And then uh, we, Klaibs, you and I will be working behind the scenes to get things going for that Joe West podcast, 5460, the Joe West podcast, which starts in May. So a lot of baseball stuff coming your way here on Klaibs Online and beyond with uh, both NBA and NHL playoffs, too, uh, underway. For Mike Claiborne, I am Joe Roderick. This has been another edition of Lunch with Claves and Joe, powered by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, and also sponsored by Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert. You can find him online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Back with you next week. At St. Louis Acura, we have over 330 pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models. And all of them are covered by our St. Louis Acura Promise and backed by our Better Business Bureau A-plus rating and 30 years in business. We also service all makes and models of vehicles, including glass and bumper repair, paint touch-ups, and full mechanical services from one of our 24 technicians. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you, no matter what vehicle drives you. 